This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we go. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Welcome in, everybody, episode 413 of the podcast of Assuming America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast. It is Friday, July 30th, 2021, people. Hope everybody is having a great week. We got ourselves a really fun show for you today. Really exciting show. Basically, we are going to spend most of the show reacting to the NBA draft. The NBA draft is actually just finishing as I am recording here. I am going to give immediate reaction to everything I saw, the picks I liked, the picks I didn't, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Full NBA draft reaction. I don't think we'll do too much Texas, Oklahoma today. There's not really a ton of relevant news on the topic. Ironically, the SEC did vote in the two schools today, but I also kind of believe that that it's going to be a while before we get any kind of resolution on this because the Big 12 appears to be ready to fight to keep Texas and Oklahoma in their conference as long as possible. So we'll probably skip that stuff today, focus on the NBA draft. And then after that, we're going to have something fun. We are going to rerun my interview with Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's right. I had Cade Cunningham on this show, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, back in, I don't know, November, December, October, something like that. He was great. He was awesome. And I just thought it'd be fun to rerun it. I mean, how many people could say they had the number one pick in the draft on their show in the last year? This show did. And I'm really excited. I'm excited for Cade. I'm excited for the Detroit Pistons. And I thought it'd be fun to rerun the interview. It's obviously a little bit dated, but still fun to talk to Cade. Before we get to it, though, I do have a little bit of an announcement, and I know I've teased this a little bit, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because this show is supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be loose, and the good news is it's nothing terrible. Nobody, you know, nobody's sick, nobody anything like that, but we are going to have a tiny, minuscule change to this show going forward, and that's this. This will be the final episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast under the Kentucky Sports Radio KSR umbrella. Because this is actually my last week with Kentucky Sports Radio. 
And before I get into all the details, I, I, a couple things. One, I want you to know I didn't do anything wrong. This is 100% my choice. Uh, I didn't tweet anything really dumb that got me fired, which is kind of a minor miracle. I must say, if you follow my Twitter feed, it is, in fact, a minor miracle. Uh, but this was 100% my decision. Um, you know, Matt Jones knows about it. He is supportive. The new management at KSR knows about it. They are supportive. And what I would say is in terms of my writing and my overall career, the good news is I am not going anywhere. I will still be writing. I will still be talking college sports in a new place, and I will have details on that here in the next week or two. As it pertains to this show, and this is important, and this is why I'm doing the announcement, nothing on this show will change. I know many of you, by the way, some of you probably don't even know what KSR is, but for people who, who do know or don't know, this show is under the KSR podcast umbrella, but I bring it up to say that going forward, nothing changes for this show because the folks at KSR were very nice enough to let me keep this show, keep the feed, keep everything that I have done and I have built as part of this show. And so if you like this show, again, zero will change. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to find a new feed. You don't have to unsubscribe. As a matter of fact, please don't unsubscribe. I need you to stay subscribed. But this show is not going to change. We're still going to do two shows a week. Monday, Monday, Thursday, we will go back to three shows once we get to the start of college football season. We are still going to have incredible guests. I got some great ones lined up in the coming weeks, and we're still going to talk about all the same topics. Just because I'm not part of KSR, it doesn't mean I'm not talking Kentucky basketball and Louisville basketball and SEC sports and college football and college basketball and the NBA draft later on. All the show will stay the same. Everything will stay the same. Literally, you won't even know that there is a difference. It is just not owned by Kentucky Sports Radio. And I do hope those of you that did find me through KSR, I hope you stick with us because nothing's going to change and it has been a lot of fun going forward. Uh, and by the way, I should mention, I will have kind of a full write-up about this on KSR on Friday. So if you do care about this and I'm not uh, arrogant enough, listen, I know a lot of you think I'm arrogant. I'm not arrogant enough to think most of you care. Most of you just come here to talk a little sports to kind of get your mind off the day. But for those of you who do care, there will be a post on KSR. Um, but yeah, so that this is the last show on KSR. And Before we get to the NBA draft stuff, let me just say really quick, uh, it's all in the post, but I just want to thank Matt Jones. I want to thank the staff at Kentucky Sports Radio. They have been incredible friends to me. They're not just coworkers, they're friends. I first of all want to thank Matt Jones for giving me this opportunity, for introducing me to the KSR community. Now to be clear, not all of you are KSR fans. Some of you don't even know what KSR is, which I should mention, by the way, was exactly what Matt wanted when he hired me a couple years ago. He said, hey, I don't want this to be a Kentucky sports show. I want you to bring in outsiders. So if you don't know what KSR is, that's actually a good thing. That means I actually did my job. But for those of you who are KSR fans, Matt brought me in, and I am so grateful to the community that he brought me into because uh, it's incredible, and what Matt has built and what they are continuing to build at KSR is incredible. want to give a quick shout-out to all the other staff at KSR. Uh, you know, Jack Pilgrim, who's been on this show many times. I talked to Jack this week. He is still going to come on during basketball season, and we are going to talk UK basketball. So no need to worry. If you like Jack, he obviously, his show crushes it. 
But at the same time, once the, the season starts, we will have Jack on. Uh, Nick Roush, who's Kentucky's beat writer for football at KSR, actually helped me start to edit this podcast. So Nick is a good friend of mine. He got a lot of weird texts from me at all hours of the night uh, about this podcast, and he has since let me uh, edit it. Thank goodness he probably is getting better sleep. Shout out to Drew Franklin, a great friend. Shout out to Tyler Thompson, the editor at KSR. She's just the best, one of the best editors, the best editor that I've ever worked with. Uh, And Maria Taustein, who behind the scenes does so much for KSR. Uh, It's a great community. And and so I just want to thank all of them individually. I will do it on the website on Friday. But I bring it up to say thank you to Matt. Thank you to the KSR community. Thank you for introducing me to the KSR community. But again, At the end of the day, nothing on this show will change. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to resubscribe. You don't have to uh, unfollow. You don't. If you liked this show last week, you're going to like it next week. And as I said, everything will start off uh, completely as it has always been. Come next week, you won't even notice a difference. I'll still be yelling and screaming about something. We'll get some good guests on. So that is the update. But again, nothing for this show changes. And I will have an update in the next week or so on what my writing future is and where you can find all of my content. But if you like me, and I suspect if you listen to this show, you do like me, um, (laughs) uh, I'm not going anywhere. And I only hope to get bigger and better, but I do want to thank KSR. So that was the big mini announcement. I don't think it was that big of an announcement. Who really cares, right? Um, But what I do want to do is take a quick break, come back, and we are going to talk NBA Draft. All right, everybody, I am back. Uh, First of all, if it got a little dusty uh, in the previous segment, I apologize, but just wanted to really kind of get that information out there. I wanted you guys to hear it from me. Obviously, there's going to be a lot on my social media feed. There's going to be a lot on Kentucky Sports Radio about the decision, and so I I just wanted you guys to hear it from me, but let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the sports. As I said, I think we'll skip the Texas-Oklahoma stuff for one episode one day because at the end of the day, the bottom line remains with Texas and Oklahoma that while the SEC did vote these two schools in, um, this is going to be a process. And so I'm not going to sit there, what does the vote mean? It doesn't really mean anything because the Big 12 is going to continue to fight this thing. And so it's going to take a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years potentially for this thing to get resolved. And we will continue to cover that story as necessary. But what I want to do instead is switch to the NBA draft because, uh, you know, this is just a great night to be a basketball fan. And as I said on Thursday's show, most of you, you're all college hoops diehards in some way or another, or you wouldn't listen to this show. And so it's cool to watch these kids. We start following their recruitments in some cases as a sophomore, junior in high school, and then you get to see them through high school, into college, maybe a year in college, maybe two, three, four, whatever it is. But it's just a really fun night to be a basketball fan. So let's break it down. Now, I'm not going to do winners and losers because I've done that in the past. And what ends up happening is that by the time the night is done, we get a bunch of trades and you don't know who's exactly on what team. And so what I just want to do is talk about a few general topics to begin. And then from there, I'll give you four or five picks that I really liked, four or five picks that I didn't. The first topic, and I know I just said that nothing's going to change on this podcast. We do have to talk like one legitimate NBA story, and that's Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. And I'm not going to – I promise this is not a, an NBA podcast. I'm not going to sit here uh, and do 25 minutes on Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. But this was the story that kind of stole the thunder from the entire night as Russell Westbrook now – what will that be? His fourth team in four different years going from Oklahoma City to Houston to the Washington Wizards, now to the Los Angeles. Lakers and let me just say 
I don't really like it. I know it's a great headline. I know it's fun. I know the NBA offseason is fun as we kind of watch these guys switch teams and maneuver and all that kind of stuff. But when I look at this, I think I kind of have the same question as you guys do. How is Russell Westbrook going to interact with LeBron James? Not saying they can't, they can't get along and, and, and have a glass of wine together after practice. But when the games start, I just don't see how it fits. And now, I don't like LeBron James in some aspects in terms of some of the stuff he does off the court, uh, some of the things that he says, how he acts. But the one thing I'll say, he's a heck of a basketball player. But at this point, the blueprint on LeBron James is pretty clear. Bring in shooters, bring in slashers, bring in scorers, bring in guys that can space the floor, and let LeBron do the rest. If you just do that, uh, you're probably going to have a ton of success. And so I'll be honest, I don't really see how it fits bringing in a guy that, like LeBron, has to have the ball in his hands, like LeBron has to create for others, and isn't a great three-point shooter. I don't really see how it's going to work. I don't really see how it fits. And I'll tell you this, it is amazing to me how overreactionary some things are in sports where the Lakers feel like they have to completely blow it up where let's be honest before Anthony Davis got hurt in the playoffs last year let's remember they were up two to one on Phoenix and up in halftime in game three ready to or game four excuse me ready to go up three to one before Anthony Davis gets hurt they lose that series if they win that series I think we look at things completely different if Anthony Davis is healthy they might make the NBA finals now they have Russell Westbrook so I don't love the trade don't think it's going to work and the only other thing I'd say is this anybody else getting flashbacks to the LeBron James era in Cleveland because look the thing about LeBron again like I said you can disagree with his this with his that whatever Guy's a heck of a basketball player, but the one thing you can't deny is that when things don't go well, uh, it gets blown up really quick. It's never for the better in general, and usually he leaves your, pro, uh, your organization in shambles. And I think back to Cleveland. Think about the parallels between what happened with LeBron James in Cleveland and LeBron James with the Lakers. Year two, wins the title in Cleveland. Year two, wins it with the Lakers. Year three in Cleveland, if you remember. Things start to fall apart. They get back to the finals because he's LeBron, he's awesome, but they get swept by the Warriors. That was the first year the Warriors had KD, and from there, Kyrie Irving demands a trade, and it completely falls apart. And in year four, that was when they traded Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas, and it didn't really work out, and he had a bad hip, and did he come back, and whatever. They bring in Dwayne Wade for like five games, and then Dwayne Wade mysteriously disappears. They bring in Derrick Rose for like four or five games, and he, he leaves as well. And that was year four in Cleveland. We're headed into year four in L.A., and it feels kind of the same. The big difference, of course, is that in year four in Cleveland, LeBron was 32 going on 33 and could single-handedly lift the Lakers to the NBA Finals where they ended up losing to Golden State. I don't think he could single-handedly lift this team if Anthony Davis isn't healthy. And so this is just a wild story. I mean, again, I don't really think there's much else for me as a college basketball guy to say about it, but like... I don't really know that this is going to work. And this kind of feels like this LeBron James thing where he comes in, he blows it up, he trades all your assets, and you're not in a better place for it. So that was my big takeaway from the trade. And now let's get into the draft itself. First of all, really good, just fun night, right? Like it just felt like we're getting back to normal. And I know it's been a big topic, and I've talked about it all spring long with the NBA playoffs and this and that and the other thing. But I bring it up to say, it just felt great to get back to normal, to have parents in this, uh, parents and players in the green room. Adam Silver even said it himself. It's great to have you in person. Adam Silver's crack of jokes. So it was great. 
And what I want to do now is just break down a couple picks that kind of stood out to me, the three, four, five picks that I do like, the three, four, five picks that I honestly really don't like, uh, and then we'll wrap on one other little topic and we'll get to the Cade Cunningham interview. I want to start actually, to me, the biggest story of this draft, besides Russell Westbrook, it really starts with the fourth pick, right? Because the first three picks, if you read any mock draft, if you care at all about the draft, the first three picks were going to be Cade Cunningham to Detroit, Jalen Green to Houston, Evan Mobley from USC going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Every mock draft had that. And so really the draft started at number four, where the Toronto Raptors took Scotty Barnes. And I'll be real. I don't really understand it. I'm going to get into it in a minute, but I bring it up to say that really, to me, the first big, great pick of the draft was Jalen Suggs at number five to Orlando, and I don't think Orlando planned on picking them. I don't think it was their expectation that he would be available, but when you can get a player that has the potential to be the best player in the draft with the fifth overall pick, shout out to the Orlando Magic. And it's the perfect fit because the Magic are in complete and total rebuild. I talked about it on Thursday's show. And I bring it up very simply to say, like, they just need the best players that they can possibly get. And so to have a guy that, again, has the potential to be the best player in this draft fall in their lap at number five really doesn't get much better than that. You guys know I love Jalen Suggs. I don't think it's because I'm a quote-unquote college basketball guy. But the thing I love about him he just plays hard, he competes, he's a winner. I know it's cliche, but I do think the fact that he has a football background helps. I've heard Mark Few talk about the fact that he has a mental toughness about him that a lot of elite young basketball players do not have. He is a guy that, as Mark Few has described him, is a great teammate, a guy that came into Gonzaga, and even though he was hyped and even though he knew he was going to be a one-and-done, uh, you know, really bought into their culture, bought into to listening to their veterans, learning from the veterans taking a step back, not needing to be a star. But then, of course, the game started and he was a star and he was the best player on the floor. And I think he showed throughout this NCAA tournament and really the season as a whole how good he can be. The fact that this is now a guard-driven league I think only helps as far as all of that is concerned. I love the Jalen Suggs pick at number five. And like I said, when you can potentially get the best player in the draft at number five, you're a winner. In terms of the other picks I like, let's move down the list. Number two, I love Davion Mitchell at number nine to Sacramento. And I put out this tweet and people got all mad because they thought I was talking crap about one specific player. But look, if you follow the Sacramento Kings history, uh, they haven't drafted very well. And I thought it was actually really funny. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, prior to the pick, this is, ex this is verbatim, almost verbatim, exactly what he said. He goes, uh, he, goes, he goes, you know, this is a really important pick for the Sacramento Kings as they are trying their best to position themselves to get in the play-in game of the playoffs. If you want to know how bad things are in Sacramento, they're just trying to get to the play-in. Forget the normal playoffs. They just want to get into the play-in. And I put out a tweet essentially saying, like, look, after all these years of picking over, you know, overrated guys, guys that, that problem children, guys that just don't get it, guys that don't pan out, they nailed this pick with Davion Mitchell. And I got a lot of pushback from Kings fans. Well, what about De'Aaron Fox? Well, De'Aaron Fox is awesome. But let's look at other, some of the other picks. They picked Ben McLemore a few years ago. How's that one working out? They picked Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. And, uh, you know, they picked uh, over Luka Doncic and Trey Young. 
They've made a lot of other questionable picks. They took Thomas Robinson one year over a bunch of future NBA All-Stars, over Damian Lillard and, and uh, Andre Drummond in the 2012 draft. And so you look at what they have done. Outside of De'Aaron Fox, they have not drafted well, but they finally seem to start getting it. Last year, they took Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, and they take Davion Mitchell, the star guard from Baylor, in the top 10 with this pick. And what I love about this kid is everything that I told you on last episode. He's young, but he's not young, excuse me. He's one of the older players in this draft, but he's tough. He loves to compete. He defends. He plays on both ends of the floor. And when you're Sacramento and you were statistically one of the worst defensive teams in the history of the sport, this is the guy you need. But more importantly, as the Kings pursue that elusive play-in game, they just need guys that want to compete and want to work and don't care about, you know, all the, the bells and whistles of being in the NBA. This was a kid, they were talking to him during the draft, and he was talking about getting up at 4 a.m. to watch film. I mean, that's a guy that just loves basketball, that wants to be great. That is exactly what the Sacramento Kings uh, needed with that pick. I loved it. Sacramento taking Davion Mitchell. Third pick, a little bit of a homer one. I love James Booknight to Charlotte. And I said this, I tweeted it. I got a lot of UConn people having my back on this one. If James Booknight had played a whole season at UConn, I truly believe he would have been in the conversation as a top four, top five, top six pick. Like in that, he wouldn't have gone number one, he wouldn't have gone number two, but he would have been in that short conversation. And I bring it up because he unfortunately didn't have the season a lot of people thought. He was still great. He averaged 19 a game in the Big East. He had 40 against Creighton, but in the middle of the year, he had a bad elbow injury. He needed surgery, took a funny fall, but it's not like a, a permanent injury that's going to ruin his career, but he was never the same after that. And so I think a lot of people, if you don't watch college basketball right at the start of the season, you didn't see how good this guy could be. And again, this was a guy that dropped 40 against Creighton, one of the best teams in the country last year. And so I bring it up to say that I, when I look at James Booknight, I think he is a player that has insane upside, insane athleticism, and he's going to fit in really well with that Charlotte Hornets team. They got LaMelo Ball, they got Miles Bridges, they got P.J. Washington, this nice young core of guys that are both young but also like weirdly mature. P.J. Washington's a pretty mature kid. Uh, Miles Bridges is a pretty mature kid. Now you add James Booknight to it, and they are going to be maybe the most fun team in the league. One thing I can promise you, don't know how many games they'll win, but James Booknight is going to end up on SportsCenter an awful lot uh, as part of this team because he is a really fun player, really explosive player. Uh, Moses Moody, the next one at number four that I just, I actually love the pick. And it's a shame because I really don't like the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry kind of, kind of annoys me a little bit, but Moses Moody's the perfect fit. And I talked about it on Thursday's show, but it's worth repeating. The Golden State Warriors have an opportunity to kind of extend this dynasty going forward because they had two lottery picks in this year's NBA draft. And the key that I believe that they had to have they had to get someone in the backcourt that can defend and take some of the pressure defensively off Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They don't need more scoring on that team. They need young bodies, they need cheap contracts, and they need to be able to have guys that take pressure, especially defensively, off Steph Curry, off Klay Thompson, and that's exactly what Moses Moody's going to bring. Moses Moody played at Arkansas. He is a guy that plays on both ends of the court. First of all, he can fill up the bucket. He averaged 17 points per game as a freshman last year in the SEC. Many thought he should have been the SEC player of the year, but on top of that, he loves to compete. He loves to play defense, and so when I look at his fit in Golden State, 
I just think it's perfect. I think he's going to compete. I think he's going to take a lot of pressure off Clay Thompson. And I hate to say it, but the Golden State Warriors, they're one of the favorites in Vegas to win the NBA title. And I would not be stunned um, if he contributes right away. A couple other picks that I like. Bones Highland from uh, VCU to the Denver Nuggets. Look, the kid is just a competitor. He plays hard. I just think he's the right guy for that kind of team. Again, a guy that can be a sixth man, can be a seventh man, can step into a playoff game for a playoff team next year and compete and help them out. Another guy that I liked, and a lot of people got a kick out of this, Cam Thomas going to Brooklyn. And for people who don't know who Cam Thomas is, he played at LSU. This kid loves to shoot, okay? There are certain things in life that people like. Some people like food. Some people are foodies. Some people like a glass of wine after dinner. This guy just shoots a lot. And it was funny because when Brooklyn took him, that was my first reaction. Are there any shots to go around with three Hall of Famers, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving? But I also kind of like it because when you look at that team, you know all three of those guys are not going to play every single night. And so you're going to need guys to be able to step up. One thing Cam Thomas is is fearless. One thing Cam Thomas is is unafraid. And he is a guy that is going to be able to contribute, help them score when those other guys are out. A couple second-round picks that I really liked. Oklahoma City snagging Miles McBride. I just think Miles McBride is just going to be a star, another guy that can fill it up. Uh, I thought he should have been a first-round pick. There, I would have taken him over about three, four, five guards that went in the first round. Io DeSumo, another friend of the Air Torres Sports Podcast, goes to the hometown Chicago Bulls. That's pretty dope. Uh, Nemes Kata from Utah State, big man, another guy that is going to contribute to that culture in Sacramento. And then, of course, it goes without saying, like Jared Butler going to the New Orleans Pelicans. He was the best player at Baylor for most of last year. He had some health issues going into the draft. Now that we know he is healthy, I think he's going to be awesome at Baylor or for the New Orleans Pelicans, and I cannot wait to see. And again, I'm recording this in real time. The draft is just about done. And so I only bring it up to very simply say that, um, you know, that, that, uh, trades might happen when I'm done with this and all that stuff. So if one of these guys, especially the second rounders, are on a different team by the time that you watch this or by the time that you listen to this, don't hold it against me. Don't be mad. It is just the reality of the situation. Now let's get into a few picks and a few decisions that I did not like with this draft. The first one, I kind of already teased it a minute ago. Scotty Barnes, number four pick to the Toronto Raptors. I just don't get it. And it's interesting because... I actually like Scotty Barnes. I like a lot of what he does. He's about six foot eight. He can kind of handle the ball. He gets others involved. By all accounts, he's a great kid. I've had a chance to interview him a few times. Great kid, great locker room guy. Everybody loves him. And I really thought like throughout the year, I was, I was like, I like this kid. Take him eight, take him 10, take him 12, comes in, can do a lot of things, can help you right away. But at some point in the draft process, I felt like he became, you know, everybody was, he was one of these guys that everybody wanted to tell you how underrated he was. And so he became so underrated that he was actually a little bit overrated by the end of the draft. And so the idea that you're taking him over, the fact that you are taking him over guys like Jalen Suggs, I just don't get it. 
you're the Toronto Raptors. You have a chance to draft a difference maker in Jalen Suggs, and you go with this kid instead. I'm not saying he can't be good as a fifth, sixth, seventh guy, first, second, third guy off the bench, maybe a fifth starter. But the idea that at number four overall you took this guy, I just don't get it. It's worth noting that while he can handle the ball, he can get others involved. At the same time, he does still turn the ball over a lot. He doesn't shoot the three ball well a lot. And I do think this is one of those picks that we could look back and say, they took that guy over Jalen Suggs? They took that guy over James Booknight? Uh, I don't know about that. Another pick that I was not a fan of, and it's not that I really wasn't a fan of. So, okay, let's, let's backtrack. Jalen Johnson, number 20 to the Atlanta Hawks. I don't hate the pick because Jalen Johnson at one point was considered one of the two or three best players in this high school class, was considered a definitive lottery pick. But I just want to say this. I talked a lot about Jalen Johnson when he decided to leave Duke, and it's worth noting. I do think Jalen Johnson's past came back to haunt him here because, as I said, he was projected to be a top five pick going into the year. At one point, he was one of the top three players in his high school class, and even after the lottery was announced about four or five weeks ago, most people thought that he was going to end up being really highly ranked uh, and being a potential lottery pick in this draft. Instead, what I think happened and what I know happened from talking to at least a few NBA people they really were scared off by his past. And for people who didn't see the graphic on ESPN, they showed it. From the end of his senior year, end of his junior year of high school to his, the end of his senior year of high school, he was at four different high schools. Transfers from one high school in Wisconsin to another, never plays there, transfers to IMG in Florida, never plays at IMG, comes back to Wisconsin. Four high schools in the span of 18 months, end of junior year to end of, se- end of senior year. And then he gets to Duke. And he quits. And so everyone, uh, you know, if you remember back to that whole story with with Jalen Johnson, oh, he didn't quit. Oh, have some respect. Listen, it matters on draft night. This was a kid that I believe could have been a top 10 pick if he had just played at Duke and done what he was supposed to do. He falls. He costs himself millions. But I'd also say it's not a terrible situation going to play with Trey Young, and I'll be curious to see how it works out. Third pick that I just didn't get. I, I really just, I didn't understand it. It is Josh Primo. Going to, um, going to the San Antonio Spurs at number 12. And if you don't even know who Josh Primo is, well, it's, I don't really blame you. He was the fifth leading scorer on Alabama this year. One thing I will say in Josh Primo's defense, coming into this draft, I was completely wrong on what happened to him. Now, the reason that Josh Primo was selected so high and the reason that he entered the draft after being Alabama's fifth leading scorer this year was for this reason. It is because he is the youngest player in the draft. He was born December 24th, 2002, which means that if he was born eight days later, he wouldn't have even been eligible for this draft. And so I do believe the San Antonio Spurs selected him saying, you know what? We have a chance to get this guy down the road. We, we can get this guy a year early. If he went back to Bama, maybe averages 14, 15 a game. He's a lottery pick next year. So let's take him in the lottery this year and develop him and in two or three years, he's good to go. I just didn't like the pick because I think it's a lot of projection. Well, if this had happened and that had happened, and if he had came back and he had done... I, 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 like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? He, he was the fifth leading scorer. I know he's young, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's an awfully big projection. And I look at him and I look at who he is and I look at his skill set and I just sit there and say, like, look, is he ever going to be better than Cam Thomas? I don't know, let alone a year from now. Forget a year from now. Is he ever going to be better than Cam Thomas? Is he ever going to be better than Miles McBride? 
I know he's a little bit of a different player, but is he ever going to be better, um, you know, than, than, I don't know, Davion Mitchell down the road? And so I get it. It's the Spurs. I talked about Greg Popovich on Monday's show. I think there's a little bit of institutional arrogance of, oh, we're going to get this guy figured out. Um, but I just don't see it. I just don't get it. Some other picks I don't like, you know, the only other one that really stands out, Josh Christopher to the Rockets in the first round. I know he's best friends with Jalen Green. I know you want to make Jalen Green happy. I just don't see what Josh Christopher brings to the table. He is a guy that shoots a lot. He doesn't make teammates better. Um, I, I just, I really don't get that pick. Uh, as far as everybody else, love the fact that Charles Bassey got a shot. I think he's going to be really good. Luca Garza, friend of the Aaron Torres pod, going late in the second round to the Detroit Pistons. Hope he uh, has a successful career. Sharif Cooper, Marcus Zagorowski, really fun. Uh, so yeah, like I said, really fun night. I really enjoyed it. I know, like I said, I'm sorry if you were looking for analysis of those top three picks, but at the end of the day, we knew that Cade Cunningham was going number one, Jalen Green was going number two, Evan Mobley was going number three, so I figured I'd break it down from there. Finally, last little draft topic before we get to my interview with Cade Cunningham. I just want to give a quick shout out to Adam Silver because if you listen to this show, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to my Fox Sports Radio show, I've been critical of Adam Silver. And I think most of it's justified. I don't like how he treats college basketball. I don't like how he kind of thinks that he has whatever. I don't like some of the stuff he's done. I don't like some. Of, I don't like the fact that everyone refuses to criticize him except for me, even though every metric that matters, including NBA rank, uh, 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 NBA ratings are tanking. But he did something really cool during this NBA draft, and that was the tribute to Terrence Clark. I think most of you saw it, but for those who didn't, Terrence Clark is, of course, the player who played at Kentucky last season, probably would have been selected on uh, on Thursday, but unfortunately did pass away in a car accident back in, I believe it was April. Uh, he was I talked about it on this show when it happened, but he was an incredible kid. Uh, just I, I had a chance to interview him once, just a joy to be around, huge smile, and again, he tragically passed away. And so after the lottery, the NBA kind of paused, took a moment, stopped the draft, honored him, brought his mom and his younger brother up to have a moment to hug Adam Silver, to shake his hand. And I thought that was a really, really classy gest gesture by the NBA. And so I do want to give them a shout out for that. All right, I think that's it for uh, this segment of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. And what I want to do really quick is get to an old interview with my old buddy, Cade Cunningham, number one pick in the NBA draft. Uh, Cade Cunningham was on the Aaron Torres podcast back in either October or November again. This interview is not new. I did not get him on draft night, but Cade Cunningham did join this show, and I thought it'd be cool. It's not a lot of shows that can say they had the number one pick in the draft on their show, and so I wanted to get that interview back to you guys because I really thought you'd like it. Uh, so yeah, Cade Cunningham coming up before we get out of here. Last episode under the KSR umbrella, but nothing is changing again. So with that said, if you are not subscribed, now is the perfect time to do so. iTunes, the Podcast Addict app, if you have an Android, the Podcast Addict app is the way to go. Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead and give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Follow the YouTube channel. And finally, again, nothing has changed, but I do want to thank KSR for uh, everything 
for everything. But nothing has changed. We will have a new episode Monday. So, with that said, shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. I will be back Monday. But first, here is my interview with Kate Cunningham. All right, joining me via Zoom, uh, very excited to have this gentleman. Uh, I was talking to you a little bit before, Cade, but got a chance to see in person a bunch, but but really in L.A., 20, what was it, summer of 2019 when life was normal, Pangos All-American camp, you were out here, got a chance to get to know you a little bit, talk to you about at that time the college process. You're at Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. My man, what's going on? I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A lot's changed since the last time you and I spoke uh, in this world. You know, first and foremost, just how are you enjoying your time at Oklahoma State? I mean, obviously, it isn't the the situation that any of us thought that you guys would be in as you get set for your freshman season. But how is life? How are you and your teammates holding up in what is obviously a crazy, unprecedented time? It's definitely crazy right now. Um, you know, the campus is a lot more quiet than probably the years past, but. I've been having a great time. Everything's been really good. Um, practices, workouts have been great. You know, me and the team, we've all been gelling really good. Coaching staff is great. So, now I can't really say enough. Everything's been good so far. Very good. You know, you mentioned the coaching staff. Um, look, it goes out saying, you know, you and Coach Boyan have known each other forever. Um, you know, what is the difference between getting recruited by Coach Boynton versus now, you know, you knew him for three, four, five years before you get to Stillwater versus now when you're dealing, you know, you're with him on a day-to-day basis? I'm just happy that he was so genuine about everything because, you know, we, we had really built a really good relationship throughout my recruitment, but it's always, you know, you never really know what you're going to get into whenever you officially sign to a school. So, you know, when I first really got here and, you know, first got to really have a real conversation with him and, and just sit down and really see how the year was going to go. You know, he kind of laid everything out for me, but, you know, everything that he said, he's lived up to. So having that relationship has been great. When you said he laid everything out, I mean, obviously a lot during the recruiting process. Did you say when when you got to campus too, he kind of gave you an overview of everything? Definitely, definitely. You know, he, he definitely told me what all his expectations were um, and what he wanted from me. And, you know, he got to he got to ask me, you know, what I needed from him and everything. And, you know, just having those open one-on-one conversations are, are huge for a player and a coach. What um what kind of stuff did he say that he wants from you, he expects from you? Because obviously, look, there's a lot of hype. And, you know, one thing when I talked to him during the summer, you know, he said my job is to get Cade to be the number one player in the country, to be the number one pick in the draft. That are Those are some of the expectations going in. I'm not saying they're the expectations that you have, but expectations that people have been placed on you. But he right. said my job is to help Cade meet those expectations. So what what did he really lay out for you when you got to campus? The biggest thing for him, he wants to make sure that there's no reason why I'm not the number one pick off the court. And, you know, having that, I know that I know how important it was, but he's really been pushing me, um, you know, being super early to everything, being on time, um, you know, pushing my teammates, being a good leader, everything like that. You know, those are all things that you can control. You know, it's hard to control, you know, what shots go in and out. But, I mean, you control a little bit, but, you know, it's hard to control all the other stuff. So, you know, really making sure that I'm – you know, acting right off the court has been super big for me. And he pushes me on the court in practices and stuff. So don't think he's giving me a break in the practices and stuff. So he's definitely on my head. 
Well, I saw in another uh, media availability, you said that uh, somebody asked you that that I think he said he's harder on freshmen than anybody, I, but you didn't know that, but then you confirmed it. Uh, fair yeah. to say that, that he's as tough on you as anybody? Definitely, definitely. He doesn't give me any, you know, special treatment or anything. He, If anything, he's a little bit tougher on me because he wants me to be great. And, you know, I just appreciate that. You know, he told me when I spoke with him over the summer that – he told you or he said at the very least that he believed that you were the best player in America, number one high school, maybe even before you believed it yourself. Is that is that fair or was he playing himself up a little bit? Nah, he's he's been telling me that for a long time. I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to give him that one. He's been saying that for a long time, even before, you know, that's what people, everybody else started saying. So I'll give him that one. He's honest about that one. What do you think or what do you know that he saw in you that maybe you didn't even see in yourself when you were 14, 15, 16 years old? I think he just saw, you know, winning plays. You know, I think a lot of people would not see me as a highlight kind of guy just because, you know, I don't do all the flashy stuff. And, but he saw a lot of winning plays and, and things that go into winning that might not show up on the stat sheet. And, you know, just having somebody appreciate that from an early age. You know, not you know, I always wanted to be a guy that was just, you know, doing all the flashy stuff, but you know, that stuff doesn't really get appreciated as much. So having a coach appreciate that early on and you know, continue to, to encourage me throughout my high school years and throughout my recruitment, that was big for me. Well, I'd ask you that. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see you in person here a couple times, you know, but a lot of people have only seen those highlight tapes, those mixtapes where you're throwing the ball between your legs, all that stuff, which is great, which is great. It's good you got it in your arsenal. But how for people who are going to flip on the TV, Oklahoma State, their first game, and see Cade Cunningham for the first time, how would you describe how you play? I think, you know, I'd almost rather somebody watch a real game than my highlight tapes, almost because. You know, I feel like they really get to see what kind of player I am in a real game. You know, it's, it's more of, you know, winning plays, making sure that my team is in the right positions and stuff. That, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to put those things in the highlight tape. So, you know, I feel like you're going to see a lot of winning plays, a, a winner, a leader, um, and somebody that's going to compete. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this as I kind of got set for this. You know, there's been a lot of really highly ranked guys that have gone places uh, and have not had success. And I don't want to speculate on who, why, what. But, you know, Anthony Edwards, there was a lot of hype with him at Georgia last year. Ben Simmons years ago at LSU. And I've argued, you know, I, I think it's going to be different Oklahoma State. One, because you have incredible teammates. And I don't think people realize how talented some of the guys that are that you are playing with are. But, you know, what about you? Because when I've seen you play, you do take pride in the little things, the winning plays. Uh, listen, it's great to, to make Sports Center to throw down a nice dunk, but every time I see you play, that's the thing that stands out is that you seem to really take pride in the little things that help teams win. For sure, for sure. I think, you know, that's, those are the things that make winning teams winning teams. You know, defense wins championships. You know, winning loose balls wins. You know, all those little things is what wins, so. You know, I've, I've been one of the better players on my teams in past years, and I feel like, you know, if you're one of the better players, you have to make those same plays that, you know, your role guy that's supposed to just be the dirty work guy is supposed to be doing. So, you know, I take pride in trying to be everywhere on the court and helping all my teammates, and I feel like I do that pretty well. Yeah, you know, and one of the leadership things, too, you know, I talked to Coach two different times over this summer. One, when the NCAA stuff first kind of popped off, and then obviously later on after you had decided to come to school. But, you know, to me, you could tell me I'm wrong. 
but it would have been easy. I'm sure you had options outside of Oklahoma State. Um, obviously, you could have transferred if you wanted to pursue professional options. What led you to the decision following the NCAA sanctions to say, you know what, I'm going to stick with Oklahoma State? You know, I had already been in so deep with Oklahoma State. I had already committed, already signed and everything. Uh, and, you know, I had already built a great relationship with the staff and the team. So, you know, I felt like there's nobody else that I really wanted to play with and play for in the country or, you know, overseas or anything. I hadn't built that relationship with them. So it's hard to go into a new environment where the coach hasn't really recruited you and expect him to, you know, want the best, have the best interest for you. So I knew Coach Boyden had the best interest for me, and that's what I wanted to play for. Independent of playing for the NCAA tournament, and there's still a chance that you will, like, what are you hoping to get out of this year, man? Because, you know, knock on wood, but it, it feels – I don't want to put any pressure on you, but, you know, obviously there's thought that this might be your only year of college basketball. I think we all hope you get the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament, but what are you personally hoping for out of this experience? I think the biggest thing – I want to learn as much as I can from the Big 12. You know, I feel like that's one of – in my opinion, it's the best league in college basketball just because of their play style and everything like that. So, you know, I know every game's going to be a grind. You have to play every team twice in your gym and in their gym. So it's not going to be easy at all. But, you know, I feel like just learning from those teams that I get to play in, you know, all those environments, I feel like that would be huge for me in my career. Dumb question I probably should have asked a minute ago. How excited are you to just get on the court in a game that matters? I mean, dude, you know, we oh, talk man. about it, but, yeah, like – like, March was a long time ago at this point, and whether it's high school ball, college ball, it's been a long time since anybody's played a game that counts in the standings. Man, it's been forever. This is And this is easily the longest period of time I've went without – probably everybody. This is the longest period of time we went without playing a game that really matters. So, you know, usually I've had AAU to rely on in the summer and stuff like that. Now it's just been nothing. So, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Kind of dumb question, but before you got to Stillwater, how were you able to pass the time with two, three, four months without any competitive games? Uh, a lot of working out. You know, Matthew Alexander, he flew out to Arlington with me. Okay. He worked out with me. Um, a lot of the OSU guys lived not too far from me back home. So just so sticking in the gym, really. I don't, there's not too much other stuff to do. We couldn't really be outside like that. So, yeah, just staying in the gym, working out. Couple quick questions, we'll let you go. I mean, one, how does the team look? We are now finally a month to the start of the season, less than two, three weeks, whatever it is. How do you feel like the Pokes are looking right now? I think we look good. I think we look good. We're definitely starting to organize ourselves a lot better. Um, we're gelling really well as a team. We're competing every day. I think that's the main thing I'm proud of is how we're competing now. Um, and you know, everybody's been locked in. You know, it's a high enthusiasm in the gym now. Everybody's smiling, everybody's working hard. So. You know, I have a lot of high hopes for the team. I think we'll live up to them. Have you had a chance to really evaluate? I mean, you mentioned the Big 12, as good as it is, Baylor brings back a lot of guys. To, have you had a chance to really evaluate those other teams yet, or are you just focused on you guys and yourselves? Oh, I did. I evaluate them way before okay. I Okay. <laughs> so give, give us a scouting report. What do you got? Who's a, who, who, uh, who are you most intrigued to play by? play with I mean, I don't I don't want to boost any of those teams heads <laughs> up, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see them or anything I feel like you know I'm just I looked into them already so I've seen it I've seen it for sure Fantastic. Couple quick questions. Uh, first of all, you know, we talked a lot about Coach Boyan, but, you know, obviously there's a, been a ton of talk about your brother being on staff, all that stuff. It's been asked a million times. So let me ask it in a different way. 
How much fun is it for you? Again, this might be your only year of college and a year from now, you're going to be cashing checks. You're going to be a grown man. You're going to be on the clock. Uh, it's going to be a job. How much fun have you had to just hang with your brother and get to experience this with him as part of the Oklahoma State uh, basketball community? It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You know, being, thing is, me and my brother, you know, we have a different relationship. You wouldn't really know it unless you've been around us, but he's not, he's not playing any games with me when it comes to practice. Like, he's, if I mess up, he's going to let the whole practice know, everybody in the gym. So, you know, we have, we have this, this weird relationship, but, you know, being, having him on the sideline and being there with him, you know, I've learned so much already in this short time that I've been at OSU. And I know, you know, when the season starts, it's only going to double from there. So I'm excited. Who's tougher on you, Coach Boyan or Coach Cunningham? It's different. It's different. <laughs> I think it's different. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Coach Boyan kind of sends Cannon because he's my <laughs> brother. So it's kind of a different approach. I don't know. They kind of, I don't know. They have their own different approaches to me. It's, it's different. I don't know. Is it one of those, like, when you were a kid, like, he grabs you by the, the head or anything like that or anything crazy yeah, yeah, or no? definitely. Like definitely. that. He made right. sure I wasn't soft, for sure. He made sure <laughs> that. All right, man. Last question, I'll let you go. Is there anything that an Oklahoma State fan should know that we haven't talked about? I mean, we hit a little bit on the team, your play, your performance. Obviously, you guys are fired up to get back on the court as we said, for a game that matters, what haven't we talked about that an Oklahoma fans, Oklahoma State fan, excuse me, big difference, Oklahoma State fan needs to know about? No, I think I think the biggest thing, you know, I know this interview has just been me, but you kind of touched on it a little bit is how good the rest of the players are on this team. You know, sure. I've been around them so much now for this time throughout the summer and now, you know, being able to practice with guys like Isaac and Caleb Boone, Keelan Boone, you know, all just M.A., you know, the rest of our team, we have so many good pieces that, you know, I feel like a lot of guys are going to wake up a lot of people this year and, you know, have really big seasons for themselves and set themselves up well for the future. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's something I talked to Coach Boyan about during the summer is that, you know, so much of the focus has been on you justifiably, but the team was playing really well until Isaac went down in the middle of last season. You got mono for people who don't know. Um, and a lot of those pieces are back. And I, Isaac was playing an all Big 12 kind of level. He misses about a month. It takes him about a month to get back to 100%. You know, yeah. I, I think people are sleeping on some of the guys even that were there to begin with. Yeah, he's, he's back now. He's ready now, for sure. I'll let you know that. Fantastic. Kate Cunningham. Preseason All-American, you know, uh, all the award stuff is coming out now. Uh, dude, I so appreciate this, man. Best of luck during the season. Hope to see you at, at a gym soon. Hope I'm allowed in a gym soon when you guys play. But uh, thank you, you for the make sure that. Yeah, what's that? You got to make sure you get in one of them. Well, I might, I might need to sneak in the side door or something, man, because, yeah. man, dude, I, it's been – listen, that's my – you know, you – Spend your time in the gym. I spend my time in the gym. It's been a long time since they let me in a gym. So I'm ready yeah. for this season to get going, too. For sure. We all are. We all are. I appreciate you having me. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.